the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. We got David Dahl at the producer's uh, console. It'd be good if I could say my own name, wouldn't it, David? (laughs) You'd think I'd have had the practice by now. Our phone number is 602-508-0960-602-5080-960. In noting that Governor Gavin Newsom is deploying the National Guard in San Francisco to help address the fentanyl poisoning crisis there, I crunched some numbers and came up with a statistic that should be the dominant news story of our time, or at least the dominant news story of San Francisco and California, or at least the dominant news story about how we think about issues of public health. Last year alone in San Francisco... Four times more people died from fentanyl poisoning than everyone under the age of 18 died from COVID over the course of three years throughout the entire state of California. We, of course, closed schools and social and family gatherings for children in California, perhaps more so than in any other state. We did little to nothing about fentanyl there except coddle it. As you know, we've pointed out that the public health billboards in San Francisco urge people who are going to use opioids to start with small doses and do so with friends. For those who may have wanted to get herd immunity from COVID, there was never a public health campaign to do with COVID what we did with, say, chickenpox, go get it and be done with it. We do that in San Francisco with opioids, though. The problem is initiation is not a guarantee to be done with it. Far from it. Quite the opposite. And there was never a public health campaign to do with fentanyl what they did with COVID, warn and prevent, though fentanyl is obviously so much more the lethal. In Arizona, for example, there were 65% more opioid deaths of children and teens than COVID over the course of the last three years. 65% more. But of course, COVID is what was used to turn all our and our children's lives upside down. Turns out, in all these things, the suspension of common sense and time-tested public policy does, in fact, have baleful consequences. When we said laws most conscientious toward protecting children above all else were important, turns out it was true. When we said school was important for children, turns out it was true. When we said socialization was important for children, turns out it was true. When we said more screen time, screen time and social media for children was a bad idea, turns out it was true. When we said catastrophizing our children would lead to bad consequences, turns out it was true. When we said more police rather than less was a good idea, turns out that was true. When we said prosecuting laws was important, turns out it was true. That is, of course, only if you want a sane and civil society with less crime, less violence, less social and mental health suffering. Now, 
This didn't all start in March of 2020. How did the old revolutionary put it in Victor Hugo's Les Miserables? A cloud has been collecting, yet you are condemning the thunderclap. Of course, the folly underlying Les Mis was the idea that the overhaul of all human consciousness and natural law via revolution would improve the world. And it didn't. Thus, we got the guillotine and the reign of terror. Item. When we stopped enforcing drug rules and laws, we started seeing a major, major, major increase in what we see now as the severe mental health problems of people that are living on the street. Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco explained in an interview with Fox News yesterday. As Amy Furr reports, according to Bianco, many homeless people suffer from crippling drug addiction, which can make them uncontrollable. Therefore, Officials are sometimes unsure how to act or react to them because their behavior can be unpredictable. The sheriff blames California Proposition 47, also referred to as the Orwellian-named Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. Proposition 47 changed crimes like theft of goods under $950 and drug possession from felonies to misdemeanors and ultimately reduced California's prison population by more than 13,000 inmates. And yes, you guessed it, when you release criminals from prison wholesale and by fiat, it turns out that will coincide with and cause rising crime. And now, California has not only rampant crime, but over 116,000 homeless. The sheriff points out that people trusted the government to be honest to them when they said it was safe schools and safe streets, because everybody's for that. But we were lied to, and now we have more drug-induced mental health issues and crime on the streets. That's among our adults. Now, let's turn back to the children, shall we? It took about a 100 years to understand how to nurture and train children, their brains, their emotions, their growth. As the famous child psychiatrist Bruno Bettelheim wrote, quote, an understanding of the meaning of life is not suddenly acquired at the age of chronological maturity or at any particular age. This achievement is the result of a long development. Wisdom is built up small step by small step. Unfortunately, too many parents want their children's minds to function as their own do, as if a child's understanding of himself and the world did not have to develop as slowly as his body does child must therefore be helped to bring order into the turmoil of his feelings. He needs a moral education that subtly, by implication only, conveys to him the advantages of moral behavior through that which seems tangibly right and therefore has meaning for him. Close quote. We understood this really well not that long ago, at least in the world I and so many of you grew up in. In the late 1960s, in early 1960s, we actually cared about children here. In the late 1960s, we got Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street, a group called Another Mother for Peace, put out a very popular poster you can still see images of on bumper stickers here and there titled, War is Not Healthy for Children and Other Living Things. Note, by the way, it was Another Mother for Peace, not Another Birthing Person for Peace. <coughs> Excuse me. The next decade saw the advent of the Children's Defense Fund and pop culture contributions like Free to Be You and Me put together by the MS Foundation for Women of Gloria Steinem and Marlo Thomas fame. 
That album, by the way, was an album that went gold, then platinum, then diamond, one of the 100 highest-selling albums of all time. We cared about kids and their health and emotional development. Sure, it was all from a fairly liberal angle, not Mr. Rogers, though. But the point abides. We cared about kids and thought there was something important about them, and by important, different. As Dr. Neil Postman put it, quote, Children, it would seem, not only know there is value in being different from adults, but care that a distinction be made. They know, perhaps better than adults, that something terribly important is lost if the distinctions are blurred. Close quote. But American culture is now hostile to the idea of childhood. <clears throat> Item from today's Arizona Republic. Parents of a transgender girl are suing the state for a law that was signed to prevent transgender students from competing in competitive school sports outside the sex of their birth. The Jane Doe at issue in this case, the story tells us, was diagnosed with gender dysphoria at age seven. Are you kidding me? Age seven? About the age of Scout Finch and To Kill a Mockingbird? I can only imagine what today's culture would foist upon Scout, given her tomboyish affectations. Age seven. At that age, children in the second grade used to be given 10-minute Jiminy Cricket education cartoons on how to be safe around things like fire and electricity. I guess we can just fast forward through all that as seven-year-olds may not understand the consequences of fire or electricity or going home with a stranger They do not know, but can now know the rightness or wrongness of the sex they were born into. And the progressive attitude is the state should be sued to further all this. What we are doing and are achieving apace is not only the disposal of common sense, but adults throwing children out of the Garden of Eden of childhood to foist upon them, to use them, as so many tyrannical movements do for the purposes of their adult revolutions turning children into the soldiers of this new political science here in America when they simply are not ready or ripe for it, as if the phrase age-appropriate means nothing anymore. It took the march, as I say, of some time to appreciate children were not adults and shouldn't be treated as such. It's taken now about half a decade to undo all of that work in advancement. And like taking a fish out of water or forcing a human to try to breathe underwater, Flailing and frenzy will ensue, except not because the gills and lungs are being put through assault, but rather the brains. And we are, in the words of Neil Postman, not allowing children to integrate themselves into society without forcing them through trauma. Children and the healthy raising of their emotional health and, and psyche's need require order and consistency and reliability, not chaos and confusion. We all know this when it comes to everything from divorce to parental roles and protection, or did until about five minutes ago. Now they have been put into a (coughs) gyre or vortex, turning and turning, where the falcon cannot hear the falconer, and things are falling apart. The data is now coming in, and yeah, we ought to be following all that science, too. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. David, did you see Harry Belafonte passed? Yeah, 96. We can't, we can't talk about aged politicians and performers anymore. We were talking about him we last were, week. just a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, we conjure right. this thing up. I've, I've had a few of these examples. It's eerie. Um, so stop it. So we shall not utter the name of our 39th president. Yeah, right, right, right. Let that stand. Gosh, that would – let's wish him the best. My gosh. Anyway, yeah, you want to do uh, – you want to go out with the Banana Boat song or Calypso? Calypso, uh, I, Calypso something like that. I can make something. Yeah, you'll make yeah, something. Yeah. But interestingly, we were talking about him. This didn't make – I read the New York Times obituary, David. And uh, you know what they didn't say in the obituary? What we said on this show. His political affiliation. Yeah, how yeah. how tied he was to East German Marxism. Yeah, yeah. They just they sanitize, don't they? They sanitize. Anyway, uh, do you have a, a button on today? By the way, I do indeed. That's what do you a got? little bit confusing. Let's see if you can figure it out. Yeah. it says Hump seventy two. Oh sure, Hubert Humphrey. That's right. Yeah. Hubert Horatio Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, one of the. He and Al Smith were known as the uh, Happy Warriors, right? Yes, and this was from when he uh, tried to position himself as the People's Democrat and gain the youth vote after having lost in 68. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get very far in 72, did he? No, and in fact, I remember one of his, uh, I guess you could say, one of the greater lines of political trickery where he famously said to a crowd of his, it's not that I lost in 68, it's that Richard Nixon won. Oh, well, <laughs> he, was, uh, he, was, he was the kind of Democrat I would, I would love to have back. Uh, head, of the, head, of the, head of the game on civil rights. I think he was pushing for civil rights way back in the 40s when Republicans were and before most Democrats were, uh, anti-litching legislation, et cetera. And I remember, uh, I remember watching his funeral live on TV. But uh, Hubert Humphrey, senator from Minnesota, pharmacist by training, I believe. Oh, I don't know that part. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway, thank you for that. Um, okay, Joe Biden uh, announced his uh, re-election campaign today. And like everything he does, it was done oddly. Uh, done with a video. Usually, usually you do campaign announcements with an audience. Uh, and he's taken no questions. The obvious reasons are obvious why he did it this way. Because he would be announcing his reelection campaign if before a live audience. He'd stumble through it. It would just it would reinforce the notion that this guy ain't up to it. And he's not taking questions because he hasn't taken questions from the press in a really long time. And the reasons for that are obvious. He's not up to it. He's just not up to it. Now, if you watched the video of his uh, campaign announcement today, something odd about it. I haven't seen campaigns like this in a really long time. But he's replaying the... 2020 election all over again. First of all, he says, and I'm quoting, you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you've paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and t- telling people who can who they can love, all the while making it 
more difficult for you to be able to vote. Not a single part of that is true. But the weird thing is this fixation on and this use of the phrase MAGA extremists. I, I get that it probably polls well. It just seems so unpresidential and so un how shall I put this? So against the type of the kind of campaign Joe Biden said and guaranteed he would run as well as the kind of president he said he would be in uniting all Americans by continually using epithets to denounce the opposite party. I have never seen, I don't think, a presidential candidacy announcement so uh, focused on condemning the opposite party. It's usually about what you've done. It's usually about who you are. It's usually about your successes. But, you know, Joe Biden doesn't have any of that. He has one go-to, which is imagery of January 6th, which is, you bet, there on the video as he talks about MAGA extremists. This is interesting, this banning books and telling people who they can love. What decade does he think we're living in? Honest to God, who was banning information and who was banning materials? Us or them? And honest to God, was there a bigger banning of reading when we were closing schools and forcing schools to stay closed? We're not banning books by having books be age appropriate for children any more than we're banning movies and films by not... By, by not airing pornography in third and fourth and fifth grade classrooms. That is not the banning of movies. It's ensuring that the contents in the classroom are age appropriate. Democrats used to get that. Bill Clinton gave a speech about it in 1996 and how important that was with the exact sentence that it is not censorship or banning to make sure education materials are age appropriate. Boy, it's a different Democratic Party now. Boy, is it. Telling people who they can love? It's not a good look, I don't think, for a leader to have to lie about the opposition when his own record is so empty. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. John Dombrowski is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. Great place to reach out to him and learn more about Grand Canyon Planning. He's also the host of his own radio show, The Word on Wealth. It's heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. How are you, John? Music. Real yeah. quick, I know you love music. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, those are icons that everyone would recognize, doesn't matter your age, such as Frank Sinatra, yeah. but uh, jazz, jazz legend Ella Fitzgerald was born on this day. No kidding. In 1917. She was born today. Harry Belafonte dies today. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Day pregnant with music history. Thank you for that. Yeah. Big and Ella her nephew, thing. Ray Brown. You know who Ray Brown is. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good on you, John. Thanks for that. Yeah, I like that. Um, Kind of a mixture of culture and economy. Talk to us about the company's uh, earnings reports that we were talking about and teasing. Yeah, and, you know, yesterday we talked a little bit about uh, First Republic reporting. Yep, yep. It was a real wild ride yesterday for the bank. They uh, dropped substantially, then they regained some of their... uh, 
stock price, and then after hours, once they reported, uh, the stock fell. This morning, it really dropped again and lost about 50% of its value, almost 50% of its value today. Again, concerns over uh, the money uh, outflows from the bank. Um, one side of the you know revenue reporting uh, when it comes to financials, but we had tech stocks, big tech stocks reporting today, uh, and we did see Google uh, reporting Alphabet better uh, than expected on both revenue and on profit, as well as Microsoft. Again, these are two big yeah. of the behemoths in the tech world, uh, and both of them reported beating on earnings and um, uh, revenue. So this is uh, an interesting time because I think investors are a little bit underestimating what's what's potentially happening with companies becoming leaner and meaner as they continue to cut their uh, employees and try to uh, increase profits. Evidently. And also interesting to me from the consumer side of things, other story, what people are willing to pay for. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't that kind of interesting? Did you catch that, too? Uh, I did see that. People are still... It was yeah. McDonald's was one of the yes. uh, corporations that talked yes. about that they're raising prices. Yes, yes. And it doesn't uh, matter. People, no, it's like gas, right? Gas going $5 uh, a gallon I right now. Yes, we think of McDonald's like gas. It's unbelievable. And but Pepsi you're right, and uh, yes. paper towels and diapers. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just no slow in it. Um, but... You know, I, I I don't know if that lasts forever. I mean, because you you still you hear the complaints all the time. I mean, people sure. are still complaining about it. But it is interesting that uh, a company like McDonald's is doing as well. I suppose, um, I, I suppose there will be others that that aren't going to go be doing as well. But that it was just interesting for me to see this because everything I would have guessed would have said that's one of the things people will stop or that's one of the pe- things people yeah. will slow down on. McDonald's, and, well, they Pepsi. did, and I know McDonald's did mention that they they do feel that the consumer has certainly put a cap on their spending. Yeah, they're at their limit, probably. They're right? at their yeah, limits, yeah, yeah. and uh, they walk into you know they know they're going to spend five dollars or eight dollars yeah. or whatever it is they're yeah. going to spend. Uh, and so uh, th- I, you're right, though, Seth. There's going to be a, a wall that yeah. that will be hit at some point where the consumer just will not be able to continue. So, Corona's uh, already to... seeing it. Like, uh, I, I think I read in the story, some of the beer sellers are already seeing it and saying yes. they, they've probably hit that wall and have to start reducing, right? Yeah. Uh, I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah. And, and we're seeing it in, uh, in other areas of the economy. One of the other things that we do see, though, with some of these corporations, as, again, they're trying to cut their expenses by reducing their workforce, yep. they're also noticing, um, again, falling prices for the products. For the you know for what they're offering, uh, so they're seeing a reduction in some of the costs now that the backlogs are gone, and uh, that is also helping for them um, on their ultimate bottom line. And that's all you know. That's really where corporations are focused on is how they can provide uh, you know profit for their shareholders. That's that's that's, that's one at of their the biggest, end of the day. Uh, yep. that's at the end of the day what they're looking to do. So um, <laughs> this is not uncommon. <laughs> Thank you, John. I appreciate it. I I love it when McDonald's is in the news because it seems to be a bit of an indicator on the economy. It just seems to be. It, it yep. seems it, to yep. be. Yeah, companies like Chipotle, another yep. one. Uh, you know, these fast food companies uh, that just about everybody goes to at some point. So. Oh, thank you, John. 
You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Fenman Sipikin, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, Seth. Talk tomorrow. I wonder if I wonder if McDonald's was doing so well because you were doing that imitation of the big of the uh, of the Whopper of the Whataburger <laughs> <laughs> Whataburger with Al McCoy. <laughs> Some, I must not have been doing a good enough job. Somewhere there's a connection. We got to see. We got to see what Whataburger's earnings were. All right, JD. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Right. Bye. 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 Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I'm Seth six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Rob is in surprise. Hello, Rob. Hi, Seth. Um, your uh, your intro was really good because it talks about well, it talks about a lot of the problems we have, and it also mentions the children. Yeah. Um, t- tying this into the Joe Biden, um, I want to be your president again. Yeah. Speech. Um, I think Town Hall did an article about. Uh, or Biden's uh, speech full of falsehoods, and I'm thinking, just say it. It was all lies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and and I think you know that's come to be expected. There's also buzzwords. You know, he he's got this MAGA thing. Yeah. You know, where "Make America Great Again" is bad. Right. And people that believe in this is bad. Right. You've got and that's polling well. Right. You've got to be kidding me. I know. I know it's and, a really odd thing. It's an odd, and, odd thing. Go on. Yeah, and I think best of all, you know, most of the time, if somebody's running for a second term, don't they? And I think you touched upon this. Don't they want to maybe list their accomplishments? Yes, of course. It's morning done? in America again. Of course. Yeah. Of and, course. And yet, what? I mean, what is it, if anything, that he's actually accomplished besides, you know, putting China and other countries ahead of us or uh, making? You know, making a big deal about this whole uh, border is not a problem thing or the criminals that are let out on the streets, the total chaos in the big cities. Allies invaded. Yeah, the uh, the drag queen yeah. for elementary students. Um, uh, and, and just almost everything that he has done, obviously has cost the American taxpayer Inflation up, education scores down, life expectancy down, drug deaths up, illegal immigration up, allies invaded. Um, It's it's not a record you'd want to run on, which is why, you know, there's probably um, seven, not probably, I'm sorry, which is why 70% of the American people don't want him to run again. It will be really interesting. I don't know, Rob, how many people in your orbit have been asking you. Uh, a lot of people in mine have been asking me, do you think this Robert Kennedy candidacy has a shot? I don't know if people are – if you're hearing that or not. Um, but, you know, it's a complicated question. But the fact that people are asking it tells you something. Yeah, it does. Um, but, but, again, I think, you know, when we talk about the future, you know, we're not talking about – well, people my age, you know, 10, 20 years from now, will be, you know, food for worms. But I think it's like, what part of this guy's agenda creates a better future for the children? Well, he and knows, I, he knows, and they know that all they have is attacking Republicans. That's all they have. Yeah. That's why you get the yeah. extremist MAGA stuff in yeah. these announcements. They think it's a, it's a, it's an old theological question. I mean, I think Chesterton put it well. You can't become a saint on someone else's sins, but in politics, you can. And and I and I and that's clearly the way. The way the Democrats are running now, it's we're not as bad as the other guy. 
That's that's yeah. what it boils down to. We're not as bad as the other guy. When the truth is, they're much worse. The truth well, is, yeah. they may make you feel good, but they won't do good for you. Yeah, this this sort of reminds me too. And historical references like the Jacobins during the French Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never forget whatever happened to Robespierre. Right. Oh, he he lost his head, didn't right. he? Right. Right. Well, and I mean, it, he's he's presiding over a sort of let them eat cake. Uh, administration regime because they're really not doing anything. He talks a talk, which are lies, and you can see it in every tweet, in everything in the media, and none of it's true. And he's acute, and it's the projection thing as usual. He's it's so eerie because when you watch yeah. him, it's eerie. It's odd. It's as if we're living in some kind of imaginary world here. When you watch him, you know, as what they call B-roll, when he's walking from one place to another or he's being escorted, I mean, you, you just – you see you see a man who who clearly is, is, is living in a world of his own. I don't oh, yeah. know what he knows. I don't know if he's in touch on anything. I just don't I, – I don't have the sense that he is. Well, there yeah, is a reason he did not do this announcement on – live television or with an audience there is a reason he won't do a press conference there is a reason yeah. he has spent 40 percent of his presidency on vacation the guy yeah. is not there no i agree and and he doesn't answer questions no ever or uh you know the the one the, a lot of the things that you talk about in the opening provide ample opportunities for the republicans to use against him in 2024 and my one favorite that I thought was going to work was when I think he was in Michigan, maybe Detroit, at an auto worker plant, and he was talking to a hard hat guy, and Joe just looks at him real mean and says, I don't work for you. Huh. Well, isn't that the truth? Huh. I mean, the truth finally came out, but huh. that was like in 2022, maybe, yeah. or, huh. you know, huh, huh, huh. I don't work for you. I mean, there's there's... There's memes all over the place. I saw it live in the news. And I guess, again, people didn't get it then. I sure as heck hope they get it now because we have evidence that he doesn't work for us. You know, there's plenty of evidence for that. Well, And that's scary. It, it, it makes the Robert Kennedy candidacy, candidacy a little bit more the interesting for it because, you know, Joe Biden can play off – whatever myths he wants about lunch pail Joe and working class Joe. But the one thing that people do know about the Kennedys is, and you know, you can hate what it amounted to and you can hate their uh, personal, uh, their, their, their personal lifestyles. But the one thing people know about the Kennedys is they really did dedicate their life to public service. They really did. They really oh, have. Yeah. And, and Robert Kennedy could, you know, if he, if he could somehow overcome some of the nuttiness of his of his past beliefs and his past windmills that he's tilted at, if he could overcome that, you know, there's something there. There's something there that you know you don't start off at 14 percent for no reason. You look at the you look at where candidacies start; they don't start off with double digits. I mean, no. they start off with ones and twos and threes. I remember, yeah. you know, they start off with ones and twos and threes. To start off at 14 is something you could build on. I don't know if he can do it. 
I don't know if he has the money. I don't know if he has the willingness to get over some of the, as I say, oddities of what he believes. I mean, there and there's a lot. There's a lot there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and again, he, he also, Joe Biden, uh, and this is the, the code word democracy. And you see this on the Twitters. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who's a lefty, liberal, Democrat, never, ever, ever uses the word republic no. or constitutional republic. No. And last time I checked, you know. Why, why is that, though? Why, why are they afraid of that? Because it, a Democrat is, you know, democracy. They just affiliate it with equates, their party. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Republicans affiliate yeah. with the yeah. republic for yeah. which it stands. Right. Yeah. The only so time the Democrats used the word that. republic was when they were impeaching Trump. Remember how often Nancy Pelosi would quote Franklin, a republic yeah. if you can keep it. Yeah. They seem to exactly. forget. All yeah. right. Thank you, Rob. Well, I appreciate they, you it. Bet. All right. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Thinking about the Biden economy, whether it's banks failing, stock markets, up and down volatility, whether it's the recession or the inflation, what if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the Fed or the stock market? It's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% fixed rate of return. I'm talking about Y-Refi. Y-Refi is local. I encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there and you will not get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much and you can too. Y-Refi is a due diligence proof firm. As I say, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. 888-YREFI-34. Al Hunt. Remember Al Hunt? Used to be on a bunch of TV shows. He's married to Judy Woodruff. He used to write for the Wall Street Journal. Everyone thought he was a conservative because he wrote for the Wall Street Journal. He was never a conservative. And... Um, and even even though he wrote for the Wall Street Journal, um, he has a column in the Hill going into the uh, the problems that the Robert Kennedy campaign will have, the Robert Kennedy Jr. campaign will have that I was just talking about with Rob, which is the things that he's speaking up most about are things that tends to please the conservatives and upset. Liberals, especially when it comes to issues having to do with the COVID vaccine and the shutdowns. Al Al Hunt writes, the family's lines, the Kennedy's family's lines almost certainly have been burning up as they agonize over how to distance themselves from their brother, cousin, nephew, while still conveying personal affection. It will be personally painful as the candidate trades on the legacy. He announced his candidacy in Boston though he has lived mainly in Virginia, New York, and California. And any discussion about his past problems with drugs and marriages won't make it any easier for him with the relatives. While embarrassing, it may not be embarrassing enough to tarnish the Kennedy legacy. The American public still rates President John Kennedy as one of the most popular. Robert Kennedy, slain in 68, remains an iconic figure. Young political junkies have told me he's their historical idol. 
congressional expert, experts already rate Ted Kennedy as one of the most effective lawmakers in the history of the U.S. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, and there's a lot of others who are, you know, in the pantheon of very respected people like Tim Shriver and though I agree with almost nothing she stands for, Caroline Kennedy. Patrick Kennedy is doing great stuff on mental health. It'll be interesting. They're not hanging around with him, are they? They're not campaigning for him or with him. And trading on that name, while campaigning as a conservative, it's probably not enough. It's probably not enough to upend Joe Biden's incumbency. Okay, a lot more coming up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.